0: This is Healthline, a joint venture of WTIC, News Talk 1080, and Yale Cancer Center. Yale Cancer Center is a resource for cancer programs throughout Connecticut, developing new advances in prevention, screening, diagnosis, and treatment. On Healthline, you'll hear from some of the leading doctors in the country. Healthline is not intended to provide medical advice. Yale Cancer Center urges you to consult with a qualified physician in your community for diagnosis and for answers to your medical questions. And now, our co-hosts, oncologists Ken Miller and Ed Shu.
1: Good morning and welcome to Healthline. My name is Dr. Ken Miller and I'm the director of the survivorship program at the Yale Cancer Center in New Haven. I'm here in the WTIC studios with my colleague and co-host, Dr. Ed Chu, who's the chief adult oncologist at the Yale
0: Cancer Center. Good morning, Ed. Good morning, Ken. Healthline with the Yale Cancer Center is our way of providing you with the most up-to-date information on cancer care every Sunday morning at 8.30 a.m. here on this station, WTIC News Talk 1080. Our Healthline program features some of the nation's leading oncologists and cancer specialists who are on the forefront of the battle to fight cancer right here in our state of Connecticut. Each week Ed and I will be joined by a different expert or experts from the L. Cancer Center.
1: Together we will discuss the myths about cancer, the latest treatment available to people with cancer, and advances in clinical research. Our goal is to give you help by providing information and answering your questions, but we also wanna give you hope as well. If you'd like to submit a question uh, about cancer to Healthline, please email us at healthline at yale.edu, and
0: we'll try to answer your questions on a future broadcast. Today, our program focuses on treatment advances in melanoma, and our special guest experts today are Dr. David LaFell, professor of dermatology and surgery, and chief of the section of dermatologic surgery and cutaneous oncology at the Yale School of Medicine, He's also author of the the very well known book called Total Skin, and our other guest is Dr. Mario Snow, associate professor and vice chief of medical oncology, and an internationally known expert in the field of melanoma and drug treatment. David, Mario, thanks so much for being with us today on Healthline.
2: Good
1: morning. Yeah, good morning. So let's um, let's start
2: with a quick overview, uh, David. What what is melanoma? Malignant melanoma is a cancer of the pigment cells of the skin. The, the top layer of the skin, or epidermis, contains pigment cells which can turn malignant, can turn cancerous. So,
0: so David, typically we, we uh, think of you know me- melanoma and skin cancer as being the same thing, but there are other types of skin cancers, aren't there?
2: There are indeed. The most common forms of skin cancer are basal cell carcinoma and squamous cell carcinoma. But melanoma, the third type, is certainly the most concerning because it really does have the potential to be quite serious.
0: And and in terms of risk factors, you know, what are the the risk factors and the individuals who are at perhaps highest risk for developing melanoma?
2: Well, the best established risk factors for uh, skin cancer in general and melanoma in particular are individuals with uh, blonde or red hair, fair skin, uh, blue, green, or gray eyes. These are individuals who are especially susceptible to the harmful effects of the sun and are therefore at increased risk for melanoma. Well, let me, along
1: those lines, in terms of the sun, how how does the sun cause melanoma? What
2: can you tell me about the process? Well, it's well known now that ultraviolet radiation from the sun causes mutations in the skin cells, and it's felt that these mutations, if they occur in certain genes that control cancer development, can actually lead to the development of skin cancer. So, is, there, is this genetic? Is there a genetic predisposition? Melanoma uh, is uh, a type of skin cancer that is caused both by the sun, in many cases we believe, but there also are individuals that can develop melanoma as the result of an inherited tendency. And how common is melanoma? Melanoma is increasing in incidence. It's actually the most common cancer in women, ages 25 to 29. Uh, In 2005 alone, there were 60,000 new cases of malignant melanoma diagnosed.
1: Which actually is a huge number. I mean, uh, breast cancer, we all think about as being very, very common, but melanoma really is, uh, it's actually a
2: a much larger number than I knew myself. It's a substantial number, and uh, in reality, it's responsible for seven or 8,000 deaths a year. Many people think of skin cancer as something that's not very serious. You develop something on your skin, you go to the dermatologist, and you take it off. We are trying to educate the public about the importance of being suspicious about lesions that could be melanoma, because melanoma can kill if it's not diagnosed promptly. So maybe
0: following up on that, David, so, so what can you uh, recommend to our listening audience as to the type of lesions or or, or skin conditions that they need to watch
2: out for that that might you know put them at increased risk for developing melanoma so that's such an important question because our ability to prep people for what they have to look for can be life-saving we talk about the ABCDs of uh, melanoma if you have a particular growth that's asymmetric when you look at it, in other words if you imagine in your mind's eye folding it over and the two sides don't match that's an asymmetric lesion that's concerning if the borders are irregular if the color includes brown or, and black or red or white, uh, irregular pigmentation in other words is very concerning. Uh, if the diameter is greater than say seven millimeters or the size of a pencil eraser, that's important. And I actually add another criterion and that is suspicion. I've been amazed over the years about how patients know their own bodies best. They might not be able to describe it, but I'm amazed at how often patients come in and say, "Doc." I just don't like this thing. I'll look at it and I won't be especially concerned, but it comes off because in the end, when it comes to melanoma, the customer is always right.
0: And typically if if, if one were to notice any of these abnormal skin conditions, who should they uh, seek help?
2: Well, very often, uh, you know, the primary care doctor should be able to identify a lesion that's of concern. And some of the other factors you look at are a lesion that itches or bleeds or crusts. These are all abnormal changes and should draw uh, the attention of the examining physician. Uh,
1: I've uh, I've heard people talk about atypical moles, and, and obviously there's some people that just have a ton of moles. So can you say a little bit about atypical moles? Does that cause melanoma? Is that a pre- predecessor?
2: Atypical moles are uh, normal uh, moles that have become uh, atypical or abnormal. They've gone sour, so to speak. And some people actually believe that these are growths that are Uh, precursors or lead to melanoma Uh, it's a controversial area but we do know that people who have a lot of atypical moles which by the way used to be called dysplastic nevi uh, listeners might have heard that term really should be followed closely because they may well be at an increased risk of developing melanoma so how does a diagnosis of melanoma get, get made Uh, initially uh, on physical examination when you look at at the lesion if there's concern that it's a melanoma a biopsy has to be done there is no way to diagnose melanoma without a biopsy there is no machine there's no device other than looking at the specimen under the microscope and a biopsy is really a pretty straightforward procedure it's done in the office with a little bit of local anesthetic the kind that the dentist might use and uh, the specimen is taken off and then submitted for analysis in the laboratory
1: Can you say a little bit about a a skin survey? I've I've heard that term used before. Who should have that done? Uh, Who should be doing it? And what what do they look for?
2: Uh, We recommend that individuals who are in high-risk groups, people that have had a family history of melanoma, have a lot of atypical moles, as you mentioned earlier, or any of the other risk factors that that I mentioned, should have a full body skin examination. And what I mean by that is uh, an examination from the head to the toe and between the toes and the soles of the feet. Melanoma, although we believe that the sun plays an important role, can in fact occur where the sun doesn't shine. So a full Mm -hmm. body skin examination is critical if you're going to identify things at their earliest treatable stage.
0: We actually have a number of emails, and and, and one from Barbara in Glastonbury actually I think uh, addresses a very important issue. So I've heard that people with darker skin tone have a decreased risk of developing skin cancer and, and melanoma. Is this true?
2: Well, it is. It's actually the counterpoint to the risk factor, namely people with what we call type 1 and type 2 skin or fair skin. The pigment uh, that uh, people with darker skin tones have uh, protects the skin to some degree from the damaging effects of ultraviolet radiation, and what's kind of neat is under the microscope you could actually see those pigment granules form a skull cap over the nucleus of the cell where the DNA is kept. So we know that that pigment is intended to protect the skin cells, but even people with uh, darker skin tones need to protect themselves against the damaging effects of the sun. Now, when
1: people hear the word melanoma, sometimes it's, it's very frightening. But my understanding is that a lot of people, most people are diagnosed with a very early stage melanoma. How is that treated?
2: Well, uh, you're quite right. The vast majority of melanomas that are diagnosed are diagnosed at the very early, highly curable stage. And the treatment that's required, and, and Dr. Snell, I'm sure, will talk more about it, uh, is relatively straightforward. A simple excision with margins of normal tissue uh, is sufficient to achieve the type of high cure rates we're talking about, and that procedure is uh, typically done in uh, the office or in one-day surgery, and it really is nothing that uh, listeners need to be frightened of. In fact, it's a straightforward procedure and doesn't necessarily have to be very complicated when you're treating the earliest stages of melanoma.
0: And again who's the best person to be doing that surgical procedure is it a, is it a primary care provider a, a dermatologist or someone like yourself David who's really trained and expertise in dermatologic surgery
2: Well I think that the 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 best person is a person that understands melanoma and treats a lot of it and I think that uh, the the treatment uh, uh, at that stage at the earliest possible stage can be performed by a, a general surgeon, uh, a plastic surgeon, a dermatologic surgeon, but I think that regardless of who performs the procedure, you want to make sure that you take advantage of uh, an organization that has experts that span the areas of expertise for melanoma. Can you say more about that? Who's who's on that team? Uh well, I think that uh the the best opportunity for getting comprehensive advice about the management of melanoma comes from a multidisciplinary melanoma panel like we have at the yale cancer center and they include people like dr snowell who's a medical
3: oncologist mario would you like to comment more about the panel um and yes in fact we um, we include in our melanoma unit uh, dermatologists pathologists radiologists plastic surgeons Uh, all of these people provide input into the optimum management of melanoma at all stages of the disease.
1: Thank you. Uh, I'd like to remind our our listening audience uh, that we would love to hear from you, and you can email your questions to us at healthline at yale.edu. We're going to take a short break, and then we will be back to hear more from Dr. David LaFell and Dr. Mario
4: Schnall from the Yale Cancer Center. This is a Medical Minute, brought to you as a public service by the Yale Cancer Center. Cancer patients become cancer survivors the first day they're diagnosed. There are over 10 million cancer survivors in the U.S., and the numbers keep growing. However, there are long-term side effects of cancer, including heart problems, osteoporosis, fertility issues, impaired growth, and an increased risk of second cancers. Ending cancer treatment can be both exciting and scary. Most people are relieved to be finished with the demands of treatment but many also feel concerned about whether the cancer will come back and what they can do to prevent a relapse. Cancer survivors require long-term specialized care and support. For more information, log on to www.yalecancercenter.org. That address once again, www.yalecancercenter.org.
0: Welcome back to Healthline, this is Dr. Ed Chu and I'm in the WTIC studios this morning with my co-host Dr. Ken Miller and our special guest experts Dr. David LaFell and Dr. Mario Snow, two of the leaders of the Melanoma Disease Unit here at the Yale Cancer Center. Maybe perhaps we could uh, pick up where we left off at, at the break. Uh, So once uh, a melanoma skin lesion
2: is removed, is there anything further that needs to be done? Uh, There often, there there is definitely in terms of monitoring of the patient, but in terms of other procedures, uh, treatments, and uh, the nature of the monitoring, it really depends on how thick the melanoma is. And this goes back to something we were saying before the break. The thickness of the melanoma determines its seriousness. So very early melanoma that can be diagnosed at a stage when it's highly curable requires different type of monitoring than melanoma that's more advanced. One of the things that we deal with all the time are individuals who have melanomas that are somewhat more advanced, and I think uh, perhaps Mario can talk about the types of things that are done after that. You know, I want to ask a let me ask you a question along those lines, Mario.
1: For for a patient who's got a uh, melanoma that's thicker or where there has been some spread of cells
3: to the lymph nodes, what are the strategies that are being used to to try to prevent recurrence? There is one drug, uh, interferon alpha, which has been proven to prolong the time between. Uh, initial resection, and a later recurrence. Um, and in patients with high-risk melanoma who have very deep melanomas, or who have melanoma that have spread to the regional lymph nodes, the lymph nodes that are closest to the uh, primary lesion that was resected, we offer those patients a year of treatment with interferon alpha. Uh, but I guess maybe just to, to again, follow up, uh, there, there's been a lot uh, discussed,
0: and I think one of the great uh, developments that have taken place over the years is this issue of
3: sentinel lymph node sampling. So perhaps maybe Mario or, or David, you could comment on that. I'm happy to comment. The, um, if the melanoma is deep, um, usually those patients are referred to a plastic surgeon. We're actually very fortunate to have two very experienced plastic surgeons at, at Yale who have done many of these procedures. The uh, uh, They do a wide excision, um, and if the lesion is more than a millimeter thick, Uh, They'll do a procedure called the sentinel node procedure in which they inject dye near the initial melanoma, trace the dye to the closest lymph nodes that drain uh, uh, that primary melanoma, and then do a resection of that initial lymph node. If that lymph node has melanoma, it portends a poor prognosis. Those patients are at high risk for having later recurrence. Well, let me ask you, We uh, actually I'll ask both of you. We, we received an email
1: from Kate who lives in Middletown and she says, I was diagnosed in uh, 2004 with stage 2 melanoma, which was removed with surgery, and I did not require additional treatments. And sh- she asks here, are there any things that I should be watchful for in case the disease returns?
2: I think that... Uh There are a couple of things. First, uh, anyone who's had a melanoma diagnosed needs to have regular uh, examinations by their dermatologist. And I recommend uh, full body skin examination twice a year uh, at least. You know, you go to the dentist twice a year, the least you could do is get checked out for recurrent melanoma or other problems related to the melanoma. Recurrent melanoma is melanoma that develops at the surgical site and metastatic melanoma is melanoma that develops, as Dr. Snell was saying, at a region distant from the site where it was removed either in a lymph node or in the skin itself. Are are there any
0: blood tests or diagnostic imaging tests that one can uh, use to help determine whether or not melanoma has come back? Uh,
3: We, um, uh, there are blood tests. uh, uh, We check for uh, the liver function tests which could determine whether the melanoma has uh, uh, gone to the liver. Uh, We do other blood tests which are nonspecific but can help to determine if melanoma has spread. Uh, We generally follow patients with chest x-rays and in some patients, uh, over time, uh, we may do more sophisticated procedures such as CAT scans to determine whether the melanoma has recurred.
1: We have another email that I wanna share with you as well. and this is a fellow named uh, Bill from Wallingford. He said I was uh, recently diagnosed with melanoma and uh, how can I tell how serious it is and he's also asking too uh, in the second part of his question are there any things that he can do for himself in terms of uh, diet or exercise or any any kinds of uh, 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 positive things that people can do that, that have had melanoma?
3: We don't know that there's any relationship between diet and exercise and recurrence of melanoma. Obviously people should Uh, um, uh, eat moderately and uh, stay out of the sun. In terms of uh, uh, risk of recurrence, there are three things that we look at. How deep the melanoma is. uh, There are certain things we look under the microscope that give us uh, a determination as to whether it might recur and also whether the lymph nodes were involved. Um, uh, The more of those risk factors that one has, the more likely the melanoma is to recur. And when it recurs, it's likely to recur uh, not just on the skin, but perhaps in in other organs like the lung, the liver, the brain. When it recurs in those organs, it is serious and difficult to treat and can lead to death. Um, So it's important to follow people. Um, We usually follow people every three months with x-rays and blood works to determine whether uh, their melanoma has recurred, but the people that we follow so closely are those that have uh, the poor prognostic signs, the, the high risk features.
2: You know, uh, Mario touches on a very important thing. When we see patients at the Yale Cancer Center who are referred to us because uh, they want a second opinion regarding melanoma, one of the first things that we ask for is the pathology report and the actual original biopsy slides because it's so important to have a dermatopathologist who's expert in interpreting melanoma uh, evaluate uh, the specimen because that really does decide whether the patient is seen by uh, someone like Mario or someone like Dr. Stephen Aryan or Deepak Narayan our uh, oncologic surgeons or someone like uh, myself
1: we right, we're gonna take a break for a survivor's story, but I, uh, and then we're gonna be back and, uh, and really talk about uh, what's available now and the latest breakthroughs for treatment of patients that have advanced melanoma. Uh, again, we'd like to encourage you to email us your questions at healthline at yale.edu. Now we're gonna take a break
4: for a survivor story. A few years ago, the diagnosis of cancer was a death sentence for many patients. But today, thanks to advances in clinical research, we're turning the corner in the battle against cancer. There are over 10 million cancer survivors now living in the U.S. They are the true heroes in the war against cancer. Here's the story of a
3: hero from Hampton. Ten years ago when I was diagnosed with aplastic anemia, there was no cure. After teaching math for 35 years, I was forced to retire. Then I met Dr. Tom Duffy at the Yale Cancer Center. He told me about a new procedure called a mini-stem cell transplant. He encouraged me to put my life in the hands of Dr. Stuart Seropian, one of the few doctors in the country doing this procedure. On January 17, 2004, I had a stem cell transplant at the Yale Cancer Center. At age 70, I feel like a new man. I owe a great debt of gratitude to the terrific staff
4: at Yale Cancer Center. They literally saved my life. This survivor's story has been brought to you by Yale Cancer Center.
1: Welcome back to Healthline, this is Dr. Ken Miller and I'm in the WTIC studios with my co-host Dr. Ed Shu, and our guests, Dr. David LaFell and Dr. Mario Schnall, who are two experts in the field of the uh, treatment of melanoma at the Yale Cancer Center.
0: So, so Mario, let's, let's get down to you know how we treat patients with advanced melanoma. So, so what are some of the treatment options available for patients?
3: First let me clarify, patients with advanced melanoma are those patients where their melanoma has gone to the other organs, to the lungs, the liver, uh, in some cases the brain and they're at high risk for death from their disease. So this is a serious disease, and it behaves very much like lung cancer or breast cancer that's advanced. Um, The standard treatments for melanoma involve uh, chemotherapy, uh, uh, which does not work very well, actually, and uh, biological agents like interleukin-2 and interferon alpha. Um, Of those, the one that has the best activity, we believe, is the interleukin-2, which can, in a small number of patients, cause very durable complete remissions and possibly cures I want to ask you more about that I mean
1: it's a fascinating thought uh, that our immune system can help battle cancer
3: can you how does that work can you tell us more about it strangely enough melanoma is one of the most responsive uh, tumors to immunotherapy Uh, uh, and the interleukin 2 we believe activates a specific kind of uh, cell in the body a lymphocyte uh, that then attacks the tumor specifically. That lymphocytes act- actually recognizes melanoma specifically and does not recognize other normal tissues, for example.
1: Now using that same th- that same idea, is there a way to turn on the immune system
3: to prevent melanoma? Are there any for people that are at high risk? There are many, many clinical trials ongoing and many efforts to do that. We call those cancer vaccines. Uh, they're different from infectious disease vaccines, which prevents the development of the disease. Here, you already have melanoma and you give a vaccine to try and prevent its recurrence. But unfortunately, uh, at least at this point in time, none of the vaccines that have been tested have actually had a, a beneficial effect.
0: So so, Mara, just getting back to interleukin, when you were at the NCI, you played obviously a very important role in helping to develop interleukin two as a therapy for uh, melanoma. And, and here at Yale, you, you've been modifying uh... the dosing and scheduling of interleukin-2 perhaps you could just uh... tell our listening audience what you what you've been doing
3: to try to maintain the efficacy but reduce toxicity uh, that's a good point uh... interleukin-2 as it's given now is given uh... three times a day often in intensive care units or in uh, monitored settings it has uh, many acute toxicities although people get through it uh... uh... fine it, it is a difficult time in the hospital We've tried to develop a slightly modified regimen with uh, less toxicity. We've now treated a fair number of patients over the past year. We believe that uh, we can do this safely on an inpatient floor. Uh, Patients seem to tolerate it well, and some patients have had very good responses to the uh, treatment. And and are you uh, adding any other treatment
0: uh, approaches to the uh, interleukin-2 therapy?
3: At the moment, uh, um, we have plans to do so. We haven't yet started those clinical trials, but we plan to add the transfer of lymphocytes to patients very similar to a program that's being piloted at the surgery branch at the National Cancer Institute.
1: Can you say a little bit more about that? uh, In terms of what are lymphocytes and and how do
3: you anticipate doing this kind of research? Lymphocytes are a specific kind of blood cell that uh, uh, recognize uh, uh, abnormal tissues in the body. Uh, and can kill them. So we can uh, generate these lymphocytes uh, outside of the body by taking them from uh, melanoma tumors. We resect the melanoma tumors and can grow the lymphocytes outside of the body to very large numbers. And then we can give the lymphocytes back to patients in combination with interleukin-2. The interleukin-2 and the combination of lymphocytes uh, uh, form a, a uniform attack on the tumor, or a highly coordinated attack on the tumor that causes tumor regression. Mario, what are some of the other clinical trials that you've been developing here at the Yale Cancer Center? We've been very fortunate to work with some other novel immune therapies that come from industry. Uh, We're very excited about one drug. We were the first uh, to administer this agent to humans uh, that activates T lymphocytes in a different way than interleukin-2. We've been working with other, uh, they're called monoclonal antibodies that also activate lymphocytes to attack tumor. We have several protocols that involve choking off the blood vessels that feed the tumor, um, uh, a a strategy that's been successful in other cancers such as lung cancer and colon cancer and breast cancer. And based on some work by one of the molecular biologists at Yale, uh, Ruth Haliban, we've been looking at ways to turn on genes in cancer cells that turn the cancer cells off. I understand that you just recently received word from the National Cancer Institute that your melanoma
0: team was awarded uh, a, a center of excellence for melanoma. And in fact, uh, it was rated the top melanoma center in the country. Perhaps you could tell our listening audience what that means and what that means with respect to the types of uh, novel therapies that patients could uh, be offered here. Uh,
3: yes, Ed, that's correct. We believe uh, um, that uh, we've received funding for several uh, novel translational programs. This will give us an opportunity to uh, uh, develop new types of approaches. Uh, uh, for cancer, so this funds not only lab research work that generates new agents, but also funds clinical trials to test those agents in patients.
0: And again, I think, right, uh, not to overstate the issue, but that, I think that's one of the, the real benefits of, of being a designated comprehensive cancer center is that ability to take so terrific basic science ideas and bring them into the clinical setting where we can really ad- advance therapies for patients.
2: I think, I think you're exactly right. In my experience, the patients that come to us uh, with melanoma have really two questions. Am I going to be okay? And where do I go to get the most advanced treatment, the most advanced approaches to treating my problem? And, um, i'm biased of course but by definition the advanced work is going on at university centers and we're very fortunate i'm fortunate personally professionally to be part of the yale comprehensive cancer center where people like dr Snoll and others are developing novel treatments for our patients
1: well we're uh... We're coming to the end of the segment. Um, again, I want to uh, uh, thank Dr. David LaFelle and Dr. Mario Schnall for joining us. And, and we're going to ask them in a couple minutes for a, for a summary and for the most important points that we want to share with our, our listeners. We want to encourage you also to go to our website, which is YaleCancerCenter.org, for more information about cancer, about melanoma, and, and about resources that are available to you uh, and to our listening audience here in the state of Connecticut. Um, Before we sign off, uh, Mario and David, in your opinion, opinion, what are the key points that
2: that we really want to share with the listening audience today? From my point of view, uh, one of the most important points is that uh, melanoma, when diagnosed early, is highly curable. So when in doubt, check it out. If you have a lesion you're concerned about, don't procrastinate. Uh, Procrastination is normal, but in this case, it can be dangerous. So if you have a lesion that you're concerned about, have it checked out promptly.
3: Mario, how about yourself in terms of uh, treatment of patients with advanced melanoma? Well, from my point of view, I think the key point is that uh, standard treatment for melanoma uh, does not offer major benefits for patients, and uh, the standard of care really is clinical trials, and I would advise patients to seek uh, uh, centers that have uh, high-quality clinical trials.
1: Yeah, and I have to say, actually, it was a, a, very exciting today to hear about, uh, about some of those trials and, and some of the ways they're really turning, turning on the immune system, which I think is, uh, uh, is hopefully something that's going to offer a lot of promise. Anyways, I'd like to thank Dr. David LaFell and Dr. Mario Schnal uh, from
0: the Yale Cancer Center for joining us today on Healthline. Yeah, I also would like to thank David and Mario for a really terrific session. And remember, tune in to WTIC News Talk 1080 every Sunday morning at 8.30 a.m. for Healthline with the Yale Cancer Center. Our next program will focus on the treatment of ovarian cancer, and our special guest will be Dr. Peter Schwartz, who is the John Slade Ely Professor of Obstetrics, Gynecology, and Reproductive Sciences at the Yale School of Medicine, and one of the nation's leading experts in the treatment of ovarian cancer. Until then, this is Dr. Ed Chu. And Dr. Ken Miller. From the Yale Cancer Center, wishing you a safe and healthy week. You've been listening to Healthline, a joint venture of Yale Cancer Center and WTIC News Talk 1080. Join us next Sunday morning from 8.30 to 9 a.m. for another edition of Healthline on WTIC News Talk 1080.